But if it's someone who's a little more adventurous and want to go out on the limb, like, oh, that Uzi Dolce de Leche cake with pretzel ice cream? What, what is that about? <laughs> so my approach is just to keep it fun and uh, just just take a risk once in a while because there's five desserts to choose from. So if I throw a little curveball in there uh, once in a blue moon, then uh, I think it'll be fun. Yeah, you got to tap into the thinking side of people's dining. Hello, friends. Thank you for coming back to the Atlanta Foodcast. I'm your host, Ben Getz, and I'm very excited to bring you guys another story. You know, pastry has played a very large part in my life. I grew up around it as my mother began her career starting as a pastry chef. And when someone plates a dessert for you that really says something to your sweet tooth having soul, you make a friend in the kitchen. And that's exactly who Chef Lashita Perry is. Her electric personality and bright, beautiful desserts match one another so seamlessly. Now, she's built quite the story, which you're going to hear, and she's holding her own at the Four Seasons in Midtown and at Bar Margot. But Lashita is someone that you will meet once and absolutely never forget. I loved sitting with her over plenty of desserts that she brought out for us just to have this conversation. So, here it is. Hi, Lashita. Hello. How are you? I'm great. I'm good. I'm going to move that just a little bit closer to you. Okay. There you go. That sounds good. Um, welcome to the Atlanta Foodcast. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Oh, my goodness. I'm the, excited. The pleasure is all mine. So that you've had uh, quite a busy week, and we're going to get into some of those details. But, um, I mean, th- this is great. I mean, we're actually sitting in the Four Seasons right now. We're actually over in the Park 75 side of things but Correct. bar margo's just a hop skip and a jump away so this Literally. is this is home base for you chef it is it this is, is great it feels good to be here yeah oh my gosh this is my favorite thing to do i love recording at the actual restaurant or you know just between service or something like that it's just kind of like calm before the storm like nobody really gets to see this right so, we just finished breakfast so yeah. <laughs> uh, we're only open for breakfast and brunch here yeah uh, so yeah it's pretty quiet right now yeah which is Bar good margo it'll get busy in a little bit yeah usually when i'm in a public place people walk by they're like hey what are you guys doing I'm like um, we're actually recording a <laughs> podcast right now but <laughs> you know it's okay like enjoy your pizza or whatever <laughs> um but you know i want to get to know you a little bit i want to hear a little bit of your background and the guest Every guest that I have on the show, I ask them the same question to start out things. So the first question I have for you is, I want to know who cooked for you growing up and what kind of cook was he or she? Uh, My mom did most of the cooking um, when I was younger and she was uh, your home, uh, just soul food type of cook. Uh, she never had any training, but she was actually a really, really good cook. We ate everything from rabbit to goat to oxtails. Uh, so we're pretty adventurous eaters. That's sure. awesome. Where was home or where is home? Uh, I was technically born in Bristol, Pennsylvania, which is about 20 minutes north of Philadelphia. But we moved to Philly when I was 12. So Philly's home. Oh, man. I love yeah. Philly. Yeah, I city of brotherly love. No, I know. I, <laughs> good food. I, I think if you're if you're in the right food circles, like the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Philly is Michael Solomonov of, mm-hmm. uh, of Zahav. So yeah. he, oh my gosh. But I just, you know, anything Israeli, like I typically love, but Philly's a great, great place. Great people, great food. Yeah. So, <laughs> so did you, did you have a little bit of a culinary bug growing up? Did you just love being around food or were you just more like on the eater side? Or did you want to know how things worked? 
Uh, for the most part, I just wanted to eat it. Yeah. Uh, I've always had a sweet tooth, uh, but my mom, she didn't really bake that much. Uh, it was normally Thanksgiving and Christmas, just a sweet potato pie, nothing crazy. So I think that interest started to come about just from not her baking it, but we always had sweets though, whether it was ice cream or something. There was candy bars. We always ate something sweet. Uh, but I, I wanted to be a lawyer, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> what, what was it that made you want to be a lawyer? Uh, I guess uh, growing up in a large family, there's always a debate. Always. And you always wanted to be the one to win. And I have a twin, so it was just like always something to debate about. And Is I, your twin a lawyer? No. <laughs> <laughs> She's actually, um, she has a degree in criminal justice. Okay. Uh, so, um, yeah, a lawyer, but obviously that did not work out. Uh, and um, while in high school, uh, my high school culinary teacher, she introduced me to a program called, called CCAP, Careers in Culinary Arts, that helps uh, um, low-income families, uh, especially students who are interested in the hospitality and restaurant industries. And um, through essays and competitions, uh, I won a full tuition scholarship to Johnson & Wells for uh, culinary arts. So That's awesome. Um, I fell in love with it. I, I definitely so did. Was, was it JW in, in Philly or uh, where? Providence, Rhode Island. In Providence. Yeah, nice. the main campus. Man, that's awesome that you went to Johnson & Wales. That's yeah, super cool. Yeah, that's my alumni. I love it. Yeah. Great education there. And that it just took off from there I decided to do bacon and pastry because once again that curiosity uh, and I was told it's harder at that mm -hmm. time I was told it was harder than culinary uh, they're both equally challenging but uh, that science is just it has to be on point at all times no kidding and I think that's probably the deterrent for a lot of people when they're getting into pastry or baking or bread or anything where you're actually measuring by weight and you're not just like going by taste Typically, people are like, I just don't have the patience for that. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But I love math and I love food science. So to be able to combine those two together and I get to eat it, yeah. I, I was I was a happy camper for sure going into college. Win, win. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, so tell me a little bit about what life was like after your, your time at Johnson & Wales, after uh, school. After Johnson & Wales, um, I, I was very fortunate to have done a lot of externships while I was at Johnson & Wales. One was at a small pastry shop which she's my mentor still to this day um, and but I wanted a little more exposure and um, someone at school was like well you need to get into hotels because you'll be exposed to restaurants wedding cakes like the whole shebang uh, you won't limit yourself if you will especially if you're indecisive as to which aspect of bacon and pastry you want to get into and so I applied for Four Seasons and that's where my career started with Four Seasons. That's awesome what year was this oh god 2008 2008 man so yes. we're we've got 10 years i know that's awesome uh so four seasons uh resort and golf club in dallas was my very first property as an entry-level pastry cook what do you think of dallas uh, I enjoyed it, yeah. believe it or not. Um, it was more of a career move, obviously. At that time, it was one of the largest uh, production kitchens within the company, and the executive pastry chef there was unbelievable. Uh, so it was just great to train under him. But other than that, it was just the people. Mm -hmm. I met some amazing people there, friends that I'm still hanging out with till this day. So yeah. Yeah. Dallas is a great city if you want to move between Atlanta and Dallas. And I think people people talk about you know traffic and roads and 
I was more impressed by the roads in Dallas, honestly. People talk about like Spaghetti Junctions. Like, dude, Dallas has like eight of those. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's insane. Dallas is, especially between like Dallas and Fort Worth. I mean, right. like it's it's pretty massive, but it's actually really cool. I mean, I think, you know, Dallas is uh is a pretty fun city to hang out. Yeah, in. A lot I, of good eating too. Yeah, I loved it, and it was a great career move because it was right at the time where Dallas was gradually becoming on the map for their culinary scene. Mm-hmm. Um, not just that whole Texas, um, big chop type of style. It was more like, hey, it's more refined. Like, come check out and see what we're doing. So mm-hmm. it was great for me. I enjoyed it. Three Texas with a dollar sign. Yeah, <laughs> big time. <laughs> so tell me about how you made your way here to Atlanta. Uh, so through the Four Seasons, to be honest, after Dallas, I went to Four Seasons Philadelphia. Then I went to Baltimore, uh, where I landed my first management job with them. So I was a pastry sous chef there. After that, I went to Palo Alto. Then from Palo Alto, I went to Hawaii. Then back to Palo Alto. And um, I actually decided to leave the company for a little while because it was very important for me to still grow and challenge myself in other areas. So I decided to uh, be in Silicon Valley. It's nothing but tech companies there. And once I heard that Google had their own pastry shop, I'm like, I want to know how I can do that. I'll raise my hand for that. Yes, please. (laughs) So I landed an awesome opportunity with Bon Appetit Management Company with LinkedIn. Um, And it was a scratch baking program, blank slate. Like literally nothing has started. So I was able to uh, create the program from scratch, like bring in the equipment, the staff, the recipes, everything. What a fun opportunity. Yeah. And you're officially the coolest person I've ever met. So oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's an amazing story. How cool. Yeah. And, and you just, I mean, you bounced around from so many great places. I, I'm that's, very, very blessed. That's very, awesome. Very fortunate. Yeah. So, so what year did you end up here in Atlanta? 2016. 2016. November of 2016. Awesome. Um, after three and a half years with LinkedIn, it was unbelievable. I left. I had a staff of 12, and we were making about 3,000 pastries per day. Yeah, that's uh, uh, great. Man, that's a factory right there. Yeah. That's awesome. I loved but, it. Hey, man, people got to eat their sweets, you know, <laughs> especially especially when it's got the care and love that you're putting into it. Like, people remember you for that. Aww, so that's you. that's huge. So before we get into a little bit more about your work here at the Four Seasons here in Midtown and also Bar Margot, you actually had a really great opportunity with Johnson & Wales pretty recently. Tell me a little bit about what that was like. Yes, uh, just thinking about it makes me emotional because it's such a huge deal. Um, I was actually um, invited to go back as their 182nd distinguishing visiting chef. And anyone who knows Jay Wu, like that's huge. That's pretty much me going back um, and sharing with the students and the faculty, some of my old instructors, everything that I've learned in the last 10 years, what I've taken from my education there and what I've done to get where I am today. And to go back and do that literally 10 years to the day almost was just unbelievable what an incredible full circle story that is awesome they welcomed me with open arms they rolled out the red carpet treated me to some awesome dinners it was unbelievable that is so cool oh my gosh and i mean just what like a feather in your cap like while you're just continuing you know your work i mean that's that's an amazing thing you know just to to be able to go and it's a it's kind of a form of giving back as well you know that's that's just super cool and i think i mean anyone's going to see you especially the work that you're doing here i mean like the desserts that you're planning are stunning and then you you know i mean you're just uh i mean for so many people you have the opportunity to be an icon as a chef you know in a good way of like that's that's a model to emulate you know and i i've never worked as 
under the title of a chef. You know, I mean, I, I've never been a chef myself, but there have been so many people that I respect for their accomplishment and the hard work and the dedication. So I can only imagine, you know, just for the people coming up underneath you, what a great thing to see coming out of Wu. That's really cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, but shifting gears here a little bit. So tell me a little bit about your menus here. So where you tell me the best place to start, but I just want to, I just want to hear a little bit about your approach because you have a very distinct style when it comes to, I mean, when you're seeing your desserts, like they, they're going to stand out in your memory. There's so much color. And so, yeah, just, just talk to me about how you're developing your menu here. Uh, you know, to be honest, it, it just really comes down to knowing your audience. Mm-hmm. Like I know it's four seasons. I know it's refined, but I'm in the South. So my approach is to keep it nostalgic, to keep it approachable, but just a little twist. So, uh, nothing here is unfamiliar. It's a cheesecake, but it's ube cheesecake. So that's what people are going to hear. Ube, what, what is ube? I know what a cheesecake is. So it's really just laying down keeping it approachable, but just adding some type of unique flavor. And um, always contrast. My menu, there's always going to be something for someone to enjoy. If it's that person who's very traditional, okay, then maybe the uh, the mudslide might be for you. But if it's someone who's a little more adventurous and want to go out on the limb, like, oh, that Uzi Dolce de Leche cake with pretzel ice cream? What, what is that about? <laughs> so my approach is just to keep it fun. And uh, just just take a risk once in a while because there's five desserts to choose from. So if I throw a little curveball in there uh, once in a blue moon, then uh, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, you got to tap into the thinking side of people's dining because it's easy just to throw, you know, a chocolate dessert on there where everyone's going to gravitate towards like, all right, well, that's kind of home base. I can, you know, I can sink towards that and be just fine. But like when you start throwing the right ingredients and you start getting people to ask questions, you're like, yes, done it mission accomplished yes um yeah and you know i think the the cool thing about having a restaurant in a hotel in a city like atlanta i think you have a lot of people who are going to follow specific dishes that you make you're going to have people who are kind of like your your local home team you know like they're going to come back and they're going to look for that thing or the best thing is there's so much transients and travel here people are going to come back and they're going to stay at the four seasons every single time and they're going to come back and they're going to remember you and they're going to remember your menu so i think that's great you know you're you're giving people that level of comfort and something to always come back to um what are some signature dishes that you have? So I know that we're looking at the ube cheesecake right now, and uh, it's not going to last much longer. So um, I try not to like record with a mouthful of. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind recording with a mouthful of okay. cheesecake, but I don't know if anyone especially would really purple appreciate cheesecake. That. That yeah, would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, the ube cheesecake it's on our banquet menu. Nice. Because I I also wanted to take that approach, like banquet desserts. Some people it leaves a bad taste in some people's mouth because they're like, oh, it's very straightforward, too straightforward. So I'm also taking that risk in other outlets here in the hotel too because I, I want them to know it's the same pastry team that's making the desserts for room service, for Bar Margo, Park 75, and banquets. So you're going to see some of those flavors convert over there too, and that's always fun in banquets. So um, one of the most popular, I would have to say, for Bar Margo is the Biscoff cream pie. Uh, we're going to get into that, okay. but yeah, I'm so glad that you said that. <laughs> that thing's incredible. Uh, the Uzi Dolce de Leche is actually very popular as well. And um, for me, hot desserts, they you rarely see them on menus nowadays. If I, I'm always scoping out other places that have dessert. And the first thing I look for is some type of dessert baked to order. And um, it's, it's becoming obsolete a little bit because it is challenging. You know, you're forcing... Um, 
that old school style and where you're going to need time to bake it. And a lot of people don't have a lot of time. So I challenge the staff here to say, hey, this dessert is delicious. Should I put it in for you while you're enjoying the last part of your entree? That way you're still going to enjoy a nice, fresh baked dessert. Yeah. And it's with pretzel ice cream. People are like, pretzel? What? Uh, so I didn't want to do salted caramel. I'm like, that's been done. But that was the mindset behind it. Like, I need something salty on this dish. So why not take the flavor of the pretzel without giving them a pretzel? And it will complement the, the sweetness of the dolce. Yeah. It's fun when you can slide really familiar flavors into things, but it's not in the typical format that people are used to seeing it. So, I mean, you start seeing, I mean, like, to your point, salted caramel makes it into now it's a it, it's a beverage for the, <laughs> which is so interesting. But I remember the first time I had salted caramel, it was actually just an actual salted caramel, which, you know, that's typically something that like your grandpa's giving you. It was like, here, youngster, have a caramel, <laughs> it's you know, soft but and chewy. yeah, exactly. So, cause it'll make you be quiet for a few minutes, but, um, but yeah, it's so interesting when you can slide the right type of flavor into a dessert, but it gives people like that head tilt of like, wait a minute. Yeah. Like I love seeing it when people don't realize that a super old, old flavor like malted milk they're like wait a minute i know this like why do i know this and you're like yeah because that's what's inside of like the little whopper candies like oh my gosh you're so right so no <laughs> that's I, exactly their response oh i know it's mind-blowing yeah they're like oh my gosh i'm like a food scientist now <laughs> but uh yeah so i know that you mentioned this a little bit but tell me a little bit more about some of your favorite ingredients to cook with specifically in pastry uh my favorite ingredients uh definitely ube i love green tea uh, lemon. Lemon is not necessarily the flavor I like. It's a flavor I use to enhance other flavors. So it's it's like salt for me, if you will. If I give it a little squirt of lemon to those strawberries, it's just going to brighten it up even more. Uh, I love uh, dolce, anything burnt caramel. I love that. Um, yeah, I, th I think that's what I tend to go to the most. Like, obviously, chocolate, you know, but I, I love... Um, Waddle seed? Have you heard of? I have not. <gasps> Tell me about this. Okay. Long story short, it's a competition I did at Johnson and Wells, and it was called Taste Down Under, which was an Australian competition. And I was able to make anything I wanted to, but I had to use an ingredient called waddle seed, which is um, very popular amongst the Aborigines tribes in Australia. And imagine hazelnut meets coffee meets chocolate all in one spice. Wow. Yeah. All right. So um, it comes roasted, it comes in an extract, and you can steep it, you can do whatever. I've done ice creams, panna cottas, you name it, I've done it, and I think it's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah but man, what a fun thing. I mean, I, I think that's the kind of, that's the kind of dessert, or if, if you're having a, any, any part of the dining experience, and now you know what waddle seed is, you're going to take that and hold that above all your friends' heads. You're like, um, I had this dessert, and you don't know what it is, but I do. Right. Like, but man, that sounds incredible. Yeah. That sounds really, really good. I'll be playing with that next. It's just hard to find here in the States. Oh, I bet. But a friend brought me a little bottle back. Nice. Uh, so Is it yeah. coming? Like, is it, what's the, is it like an extract? Uh, it comes in an extract form, but I actually have it. It's like roasted um, seeds, if you will. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very cool. So I'm excited. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really, really cool. So talking a little bit more about like some things that end up on your menus and I'm a huge fan of pastry. So my mother got her start as a pastry chef. So she was making, Yay, you know, heck yeah. Oh my gosh. She's a badass too. Um, <laughs> but you know, pastry for me has a very, very soft place in my heart and I'm not a huge sweet tooth person. If I had to choose, I'd actually go the savory route, but 
seeing like I didn't hear that. <laughs> but you know, it, it's it's really fun to to touch the pastry side of things in a really fun way. So I'm not just like I got to shovel chocolate into my face to make sure that like that switch on my brain just kind of flips off. So when it's something really special and it's presented in the right way, like it's always a really fun experience. But um, but there's some things on your menu that I've really seen, and I want to talk about this because I don't feel like they get enough attention, and I've really just come to love them in the past like few years. But talk to me a little bit about whoopie pies because I've seen a few on your menu before and um i just don't feel like they have the the best platform i feel like they need more love and people need to understand like the just the textural beauty of a whoopie pie whoopie. am i am i right you're right it's just like everything else with desserts and fashion like history repeats itself sometimes they're in sometimes they're not and for me they tend to be more popular around the holidays um i, I don't know why but people love pumpkin whoopie pies uh yeah, I and, and i just see it more popular around the holidays it's normally a soft cookie-like cake that's filled with some type of buttercream or frosting i've seen ganache fillings you name it you can do it um i think they're cute i think they're fun but for me, it's just hit or miss. You, you just, we had it here on the menu. We did like a whimsical approach to a sweet potato whoopie pie with a bourbon raisin ice cream, and it did not sell as well. Man, uh, see, that's the first thing that I would order. Like, I would look on the menu and be like, yes, like that every time. <laughs> but uh, I just, I think uh, maybe the, the guests here, they've grown accustomed to the type of desserts I've been doing the last year or so, where whoopie pie is not uh, as... Um, there was not a huge twist on it. It was still very traditional flavors. Yeah. And I think they're looking for that little uh, surprise here and there a little bit more. But we still do them in banquets. We still do them occasionally on our brunch menus, which brunch is a, a, a an excellent outlet for any pastry chef because you get to test it out without necessarily making a commitment to putting it on the menu. So I always like to have fun. Like I think the ube cheesecakes, we did it on brunch first. We did ube donuts, and we got so much nice. uh, feedback from like okay now i can put that on the menu yeah uh so uh whoopie pies they normally do well on brunch but not so much in the restaurant see i just i want to see them like have their own little renaissance like where i i see so many people like where it's just that vibrant portable uh like macaron you know yeah. like and and that's fun but like i almost want because to me the texture the texture of a macaron is like it's great, but it like it's so it just sticks to your teeth a little bit. Like my kids love them, oh, okay. but if it were me, I'd be like, man, I want the whoopie pie because like that texture, and then you like bite through the buttercream, and you can still make them really small. You know, yeah. it's like you're just kind of popping them like they're you know breakfast cereal. Which uh, maybe they, there's a whoopie pie breakfast cereal out there. I don't know, but <laughs> it sounds well, weird. maybe you just started something. Oh, new. There's a business idea, Lashita. <laughs> oh goodness. Uh, but for one of my Bar Margo bites videos, we actually did a whoopie pie, and it was a s'mores whoopie pie. So I did a graham cracker as the actual cookie cake oh, yeah. and then ganache and then a marshmallow fluff in the center that was caramelized and and that was fun because it's combining two nostalgic desserts all in one yeah uh so we do that for brunch once in a while but um i, I get what you're saying whoopie pies they, i love them it's just hit or miss yeah it's like chill out america get get with the whoopie pies man <laughs> i dig them so i i yeah you have my full support not that that really means anything no, but it does. <laughs> but uh one of the other things i want to talk to you about on your menu um your Biscoff cream pie. So what, I mean, there's a lot of magic to unlock there, but it's, it's a, it's a beautiful dessert and it tastes amazing. So tell me a little bit about that. 
it it's so funny because I was literally flying from Silicon Valley here to Atlanta um, to take on my new position, and they gave me on the Delta flight Biscoff cookies, and I've had them before, but it was just something uh, surreal that just happened. It was just it felt good, like my whole transition from packing and you know putting in my two weeks at a job that I loved dearly and leaving so many things behind to start this new adventure. But it was just seemed so smooth and it felt right and as I'm eating this cookie I'm like I'm going to do something with Biscoff when I get there I don't know what it's going to look like I don't know what it's going to taste like but I need to do something with Biscoff because I'm like Delta's here in the south everyone's going to know what a Biscoff cookie is right but they're not going to know um what to expect if I put it in a refined dessert at the Four Seasons and I'm probably like they're gonna fire me as soon as I get here <laughs> I'm taking a cookie from a flight and bringing it to a luxury hotel I'm, I'm, I'm doomed but what a what a fun thing you know I mean like yeah and you know what you're talking about is like the Biscoff cookie that you're getting by you know hopefully the friendly flight attendant like would you like peanuts <laughs> or cookies or what is it peanuts cookies or pretzels they don't do peanuts anymore oh that's right so yeah. many people have what is it now I actually have to think about that when I'm making menus like I you rarely see nuts in my desserts nowadays. Yeah, it's just it's such a fine line to dance on. You yeah. know, it's like you don't know if like the table next to you. I mean, the allergy thing is crazy, but yeah. So I, I, I that's actually right now. I remember, I think they're actually doing pretzels. Yeah, pretzels, Biscoff cookies still because I'll never get rid of those. If they do, then I'm gonna have to find a new airline. But uh, American is serving them now. Actually, yeah, and they're they're amazing. So yeah. I mean, but that man, that flavor, it's. It's reminiscent of the holidays, but just enough ginger, like good, like deeper brown sugar flavor and the snap of that cookie. I mean, for me, if I'm eating a cookie, I typically want a chewy cookie that has like just enough crunch on the very edge. Yep. Yep. And then like almost like almost like it was pretty much uncooked in the middle like that. It should be like crispy edge and then cookie dough. You know, that's a good cookie. But Biscoff, they have unlocked some form of sorcery with that cookie. That like you're like I'm gonna like can I actually have three packets of those because I'm gonna eat all of them right <laughs> That's now. That's what everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> can like, I get, just give me two yeah, right now? Yeah. You want uh, Biscoff cookies or pretzels? Actually, just give me four packets of Biscoff cookies because <laughs> we're all about to have a buffet over here on aisle 23 or whatever it is. But and I've seen people get creative with it, like put a little peanut butter on oh, it. Oh yeah. Oh, it's it's a it. it's great by itself. It goes great with coffee. It actually goes great with like a really sugary like carbonated beverage or it's a vehicle like i mean dude smear buttercream on that peanut butter almond butter i just dip it into like i mean even just like some sour cream that sourness would actually work we can go crazy with this chef yeah but your biscoff cream pie is such a great nod to such a wonderful and nostalgic flavor to me so i think it's that's a that's a feather in your cap and i love that that it's on your menu so yeah even in my notes here i put in all caps dude so that usually means like i need to make sure that we talk about that so um and then banana and bourbon you have the perfect pie (laughs) yeah well i was gonna say banana man like that that's another thing like it's just such a versatile like combination of flavors like it really hits all of the right notes like you've got just a hint of salt and there's like really deep caramely flavors just enough sweet so we could we could actually let's go on for another 15 minutes on this one dessert i'm just kidding (laughs) um so with that being said like what would be the thing that you would say to because this is a really interesting question and also (laughs) this is a really fun thing you're actually the first pastry chef that i've had on the show yeah so this is awesome. So again, <laughs> super, history. we're going to high five over the computer. Bam. So <laughs> high five to you being a badass pastry chef. But, you know, it's, um, it's really interesting when you come to a restaurant, 
pastry for some people, it depends, you know, it could be 30% of your guests are getting pastry, maybe more, maybe even less, you know, it depends on the program. Like when you really put the right attention and detail and you make something as beautiful as you are, it starts to go up. More people, more people start to look at dessert as it's not just a, it's not just like the piece parts of a meal where you're offered it and you're like, no, 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 thank like No, thank you. Just the check, please. But talk to me a little bit about how people come to the table and then at the end of the meal, dessert is something that they just can't resist. You know, like, so talk to me about that style of dining. You know, it's, I, I think it's, it's something where a lot of people don't realize that it's not just a, um, it, you know, it's not just a pleasantry. It's not just like, Oh, would you like dessert? It's like, no, you need to have dessert because this is the, this is the, the period at the end of your meal that is going to seal the night and make it great. So talk to me a little bit about that. Uh, you know what? I have to give credit to the staff here at Bar Margo and room service everywhere, the servers, because they're the ones selling it. You know, it's definitely um, a collaboration. You know, I make it, but at the end of the day, they have to believe in what I'm doing, too. And I'm so fortunate that they do. Like, they get really excited. Like, chef, oh, my God, this this pink velvet, I'm, I'm selling. That's all I'm selling. I'm like, but what about the other desserts? But I don't even care, because if they're enthusiastic about that one, the, the guest is going to see that. They're going to be like, wow, this he is, he's either crazy or this dessert must be really, really good. Um, so it really starts there. Um, and collaborating with the staff here in the hotel, actually the Uzi Dolce de Leche cake, it came about because the front desk manager, um, where he's from, they love Dolce de Leche, and he bought me a jar back, and he was just like running into the kitchen, so ecstatic for me to try it. I've had it before, but I've never had it from his country, and once I had it, I was like, okay, I'm gonna make something with it, and still to this day, he takes credit for the Uzi Dolce de Leche. He's like, if I never gave you that Dolce, (laughs) you probably wouldn't have thought of that dessert I'm like, okay. But um, I, I think uh, for me, that human connection is so important yeah. um, in all aspects, from the guests to the servers to my team. And once you have that in place, the guests, they feel that. They see that. And it doesn't become, oh, I guess I better try it. It's going to be a slice of cake. No, that server is so excited for you to try it because he or she knows it's delicious. Um, and then they just go from there. And, That's awesome. And, you know, they okay, it's a pie. And also for me, it's a play on the presentation. I just don't want it to be a slice of pie. There needs to be more elements. There needs to be textual contrast. And uh, uh, visually, I want it to look good as well. And I think that's worked for me here is that, yeah, it's a Biscoff cream pie, but once they see the gold lattice, they're like, yeah, I'm at the Four Seasons now. Yeah, right. (laughs) But man, I bet it's super fun to be a server and do pre-meal with you and everyone's like yes Lashita's coming out like what does she have like everybody gets a bite so like I mean but that's a super fun thing like you're going to remember what you're tasting and if that's what you're selling to a guest like of course that's going to be the first thing to roll off your tongue like you're excited you know that flavor and it's an easy thing for you to sell or at least just be passionate about so right. that's super that's super cool but man I, I think I'm going to I'm going to fill out an application and see if I can become a server here just just to be a part of pre-meal and they'll be like yep I'm done thank you have a great night I just want to sell desserts yeah. that's all can I just come in like I'm like the pinch hitter like i'm just gonna come in like hey you guys really need dessert but um no that's awesome but we're gonna shift gears here a little bit because there's a part of your story that i really love and it's super cool and if anybody knows you your beautiful shining smiling face you were actually a contestant on the best baker in america on the food network and that's super cool i mean what a great thing i mean it's just it's fun to have like you know your hometown hero 
you know? And I'm watching this show. I'm like, dude, look, like, I live over in East Atlanta. So I'm like, dude, she works like 15 feet from where we live. Like, this is super cool. Um, you should have ran over and gave me a high five. I did. I did. It was just, it happened really quick. Okay. And I was like, I just got to get some uh, Biscoff cream pie and then I'm out of here. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but what an amazing thing to, to have come about. So tell me about like how this started and um, we can kind of get into like some of more of the details but like what a what a crazy thing to be a part of right yes it was definitely an amazing opportunity and I'm very very fortunate because that was my second time on Food Network I actually was on Sweet Genius as well about six years ago oh wow I've won so it was great to come back in a different mindset a different role and more mature in my career uh, and the way it happened it was simultaneously like two things were going on at once a friend she knew the casting producer but then they were watching the bar margo bites videos and they're like okay we heard a lot of great things about her but now we're seeing good things and you know it's just being at the right place at the right time and having the support of everyone around you yeah Yeah. what was the craziest moment for you in the whole process or just throughout the you know filming show just really being able to make that stuff within the given time like to make a cheesecake in three hours are, are you I'm like this is not cutthroat kitchen I thought it was on best baker of America like because this is this is not right yeah <laughs> <laughs> so for me it was like just knowing that I had to make something like you know clearly I wanted it to be the best but like it was it was insane like to know I had to make a cheesecake in three hours mix it bake it let it set decorate it I would never do that here in three hours. Right. I mean, you're just, you're praying that it's actually going to set up, you know, in the right temperature. You're like, I need so much cold air to be around this thing. And as soon as I unbundle the springform plan, hopefully, or pan, it hopefully doesn't just like, you know, ooze out. The Correct. <laughs> My oozy cheesecake. Yeah. Like, no, this is a new type of cheesecake. Yeah. You, you drink it while so you eat it. lava cheesecake. Yeah, lava cheesecake. It's, it's new. It's not going to hit the market yet, but... Um, what was it like going ag- going up against like some of the other pastry chefs from around the country? Because like I mean, seeing like you and then next to like Jean Francois, like I'm like whoa, like this is I mean they're talking like best baker. I mean like they're just pulling up people that have like such incredible backgrounds. Like this is like gladiators, man. Like it was it was some big deals. So what was it like going up against some of those other folks? It was very uh, intimidating at first. I'll be quite honest, but that's one of the reasons why I decided to do that competition. Because you know some of the shows you're up against the at home cook. You're up against you know someone who just bakes it you know six cupcakes for their church or something Uh, so it was very important for me to be up against individuals who understand my day-to-day grind and that way I know they were going to bring their a-game um, so when I first saw John Francois and he, he said hello, I was like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but everyone was just so friendly. We all put our egos aside, maybe most of us. Uh, <laughs> but uh, for the most part, we were just there to have fun. You know, I, I really, I, I, that's not scripted. That's, that's the honest truth. Like, yeah, we all wanted to win, but everyone was just like, afterwards, you know, like, yeah, you did that wrong. I did that wrong. You could have done this. It was just a family. Yeah. And, and I love that about it. Yeah. Seeing some of like the development and some of the competition shows, like, I mean, I love Best Baker. I watched a little bit of the first season and then like season two is just, you know, I mean, obviously watching you and like having like Atlanta, like that's just always super fun. You're like, yes, like. <laughs> 
you know, it's almost like it's like you're watching a Braves game. You're like, yes, like you know, hopefully you just you, you celebrate like the the small wins and the big ones. But um, but watching the development of some of the competition shows, like you can easily see the dynamic change over time. Like people are just friends, you know, and like people are just cool. I mean, they're still competing, obviously, and like when you're in competition, like you're zoning in. But it's really fun to see like the dynamic of you know, and just like watching your Instagram feed, like just you know, you're you're cool with people and you know, like high fiving and giving people hugs and like it's just cool. And now you've got like you know, eight or ten other friends. You know, it, it, like that's just the way that it seems anyway. So, but. yeah, absolutely. Because um, you know, you just have to be good to people. This pastry industry—it's huge, but it's so small. Like we all had some type of connection. That was the crazy part. Whether it was we used to work at the same property, or they know someone that works there, so that it was no need to be mean or belittle each other. It's just like we're probably going to cross paths again. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny when you get into the industry. You're like, wow, it's a super small world. Like we both worked for this guy or you know it's it's never the full six degrees of separation you're only like two Correct. maybe three but you know that's that's pretty cool but um how do you feel like it's changed your life as a pastry chef and also just here in atlanta uh i think for me it's only been a couple of days but i've been receiving so many amazing emails and messages just from strangers who are like oh you were so inspiring we love your smile it brought our family together every monday what are we gonna do now and <laughs> you know kind of like a little pressure like i guess i need to get back on tv so that family stays together <laughs> like oh man i just want to bake but jeez if i'm gonna keep the family yeah. together i need to get back on tv now i'm but, in charge uh, of your family through <laughs> dessert come on man but it, you know all jokes aside that that's very humbling it's because it came down to being more than a pastry chef and that's what I always strive to do and even here at Four Seasons you know we get out and get into the community and mentor you know I never want to just be viewed as someone who you know is just putting carbs on a plate and sugar but you know someone who is um, authentic and you know has a story and and hoping to inspire others like it's okay to take risks put yourself out there on television and be judged every week and mess up here and there but at the end of the day, you know, to get these responses and the motivation and the support that that's, that's the icing on the cake for me. Pun absolutely intended Correct. big time. That's a home run, but, but no, and, and seriously, like writing that line of, of being serious, like you are an inspiration, you're an inspiration. It's just seeing someone who's working so hard and you're on television and you're producing these beautiful desserts and you're working you know at restaurants and banquet out of the four seasons like that's a huge inspiration chef like that's oh, it's fun to see and it, I, I think of you know I, I never took the route of of going full culinary I grew up in the culinary industry you know but for thinking of someone who's thinking of going or applying to Johnson and Wales like and seeing your story and you're just one of the people for them to to emulate like that's huge oh. so and there there's people out there so that's great but it's it's such an honor just to be able to you know see that you know and then the fact that you're here in Atlanta I'm just like yeah, yeah she was in Atlanta that's right you know but it's super cool but um so we're gonna get into the the last section of the show here but I want to hear just like do you have any like what's next for Chef Lashita Perry or you know Four Seasons Bar Margo like what's happening next for you uh you know what just just keep doing me um just keep having fun and um connecting with the guests and you know just that's it for me it's when opportunity knocks you know i try to take advantage of it but that's about it that's awesome hey no that's a great answer that's a great answer so um the uh the, the last portion of the show here is called on the fly and it's uh usually five or six questions and they're just kind of meant to be fun 
you know, more personality about Chef Lashita Perry just to like round out. This is my dessert of the show. So I get to have fun with this. Like I prepare questions that you may or may not like. I don't know, but we're going <laughs> to go through go. them. So, <laughs> so they're just meant to be like, you know, kind of quick. But anyway, so here we go. Here's your first question. So what's the craziest ice cream flavor you've ever developed and put on a menu? Bacon and eggs. What? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I didn't know if that was a good or yeah. Bad. <laughs> no, that's okay. So because right, it makes sense, creme anglaise is eggs, yeah. right? So it just intensify that a little more, and I that's can't what I was eat hoping the you bacon. Were, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I was gonna say like we could spend a lot more time talking about anglaise, but man, like that's what makes it so good. Like yeah, you don't, ice yeah, you don't even have to freeze it. Like you, I mean, honestly, like that could just be like your protein shake. So yeah, just been doing this anglaise diet. It works really well. But um, so this is a fun like three part question, and I really like the way that this typically goes. So, uh, so you're here in Atlanta. So I want to know, and we'll we'll go back to each one of these, but I want to know what are you going to Pont City Market for? Which farmer's market are you going to and which supermarket do you shop at? So everything is market, but right. I want to know. So let's back up. So what are you going to Pont City Market for? Um, wow. That's a great question. I always stump people with this one. It's super fun. To drink. <laughs> I love the drink. And done. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs> Cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Head to the Mercury. You can get a great cocktail over at Breza. That's true. Yeah. Biltong Bar. Yep. We could keep going. I don't do beer. So, um. Yeah. Well, hey, no, you're covered. Like, uh, you've got, you've got some, well, there's wine on tap at, uh, what's it called? The tap? Yeah. The tap? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's wine on tap there, which is pretty cool. That's getting, you know, are you a Frosé person? Uh, no. Okay. That's fine. We don't have to talk about Frosé. <laughs> uh, which farmer's market do you like to go to? Uh, decaf. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've mentioned this on several episodes of the show, but a lot of people say that the cab farmer's market is a really great first date. What do you think about that? I need to go on a date to think about <laughs> <laughs> We'll put in a comment section for this episode. Oh, God, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> uh, which supermarket? But that makes sense, though. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah. Which supermarket do you shop at? Fresh Market. Fist bump. I love it. When I was a kid, I, I didn't understand why it was so small and specialized. So I was like, do only people who live in apartments shop here? Like, it's just everything smaller. And it's like a bag of flowers, not five pounds. It's only like two pounds. Like, what's going on? The like, single life. Dude, I love Perfect the Fresh court. Market. Fresh Market is awesome. So, awesome. Uh, what is one of your favorite restaurants in Atlanta? And what's one of your favorite desserts in the city? So this can be one that you've developed. This could just, we could just say, Bar Margo, see you later. Bye-bye. Uh, favorite restaurant? Um, I've been really digging uh, right up the street, uh, the consulate, because they change their menu every six months, but it also changes um, countries or cuisines, if you will. It's awesome. And the last time I went, I think it was Ethiopian. I love Ethiopian food. I've always wanted to make injera. I've never tried it. I've but never tried it. Getting either. teff is super easy. You can get teff like almost everywhere because it's just green, you right. know. But I've never tried making my own injera. But that that's like that's like next level sourdough. It's Correct. so dude. It's yeah. so great. It's so great. I, I need to actually learn how to make that myself. It'd be fun. I bet you could do a dessert around injera. It would work if you balanced it right. Yeah. 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 Look at that. You're getting ideas. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is, or who? is one of your greatest influences in your career? Uh, my, I call her the crazy lady. <laughs> and that's with <laughs> the utmost respect. She's going to kill me when she sees this. Yeah. Um, but I actually met her through one of my instructors at Johnson & Wells. And she owns a um, pastry shop uh, in the main line, which is outside of Philadelphia as well. 
and she was one of the first people I worked for and she just really just took me under her wing and you know as a small business owner if I mess up that batch of cake that that hurts right that hurts her a lot like the labor the food all of that and you know she just just was so good to me and still to this day you know if I need to vent or I'm like losing my mind or I need because I, I never admit to knowing everything about pastry um and if I need help like I gotta do this cake and where do I start you know she always takes the time to to hear what I have to say so definitely her that's awesome I, I have to idol real people yeah uh not that you know celebrity chefs are fake but someone I can literally pick up the phone and call sure no that's huge that's huge so the last question I have for you is my favorite one and channeling a little bit of like MTV cribs, but I want to know what's in your fridge at home right now. You sure you want to know? Hit me with it, girl. Come on. Okay. An avocado, a lemon, and maybe uh, some lettuce. So you're like maybe... 15% on your way to making like tacos, but you need a lime instead of a lemon. So you kind of got guac, but it's just going to be like avocado smash. So that's really all that you have. Yeah. We need to take you shopping at the fresh market. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the thing about fresh market. <laughs> I go when I'm off. Yeah, right. So I purchase my meals when I'm off. Well, you're eating, and you're eating here at the restaurant, right? That's right. Yeah, exactly. But you're right. Mainly tacos. That's, that's what I eat. Hey, that's easy. You know, it's throw so a few corn tortillas, like just on the, in a pan, like whatever protein or not, you don't even need protein. No, I've honestly just, done just like onions on a, like sauteed onions on a corn tortilla. Like that's actually still pretty good too. It like it's not, you know, full meal, but it's a nice <laughs> snack. So, um, yeah. no, uh, yeah, I think we might need to take you shopping soon, but it's all right. You still have a fridge and that's all that matters. But <laughs> Oh that's my, start. indeed. Uh, <laughs> Chef Lashita Perry, thank you for being on the show. It was Thanks such a me. pleasure. So, so much fun. yeah, we'll see you here at the Four Seasons, Bar Margo, come get dessert make sure you stuff your face with some biscoff uh <laughs> cream pie and ube cheesecake so but thank you so much for being on the show it was such Thanks a pleasure for having me yeah If you haven't had a chance to visit Bar Margo at the Four Seasons just yet, go pay Lashita a visit and grab you some of that Biscoff cream pie. I don't need to say anything else, just go. And the atmosphere of the lounge is really great, and you're going to feel ultra cool in the company of all of her desserts. But many, many thanks go out to Chef Lashita for joining us for this episode, and also huge congrats for all of your hard work on Best Baker. You did a super proud chef. But until next time, I cannot wait to bring you guys more stories from local chefs, culinary entrepreneurs, and people who are making Atlanta the greatest city for eaters. I'm your host, Ben Getz. Thanks again for listening to the Atlanta Foodcast.